Good morning and welcome. Thank you as always for listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I'm your host. My name is Sharona. Hey, we're back. We're actually doing a podcast this week. If you follow me uh, on social media, which you can follow me on Twitter, Sports by Sharona, you know that I've had some some health issues <clears throat> over the course of the past, uh, really the past year or so. I'm finding that as I get older, your family history is a medical history is so important, and I'm just out here trying not to get heart disease and um, diabetes and cancer and all those other wonderful things that seem to to run in my family but I'm feeling better thank thank goodness I'm feeling better and so we're back uh blog talk radio was down last week when we originally planned to do this podcast so we weren't able to do it that day and then I was sick and sick for about a week and so we weren't able to to bring you my chat with David Melandro we sat down and talked about the Philly draft and um, the Eagles and a lot of different things. We're going to play that here in a minute. Um, we're going to catch you up a little bit on some of the things that are going on in, in the sports and, and entertainment political world. And also um, in our final segment, the final word segment, uh, had an opportunity to listen to Rich Eisen's podcast, his radio show, which is really one of the few shows that I'm so bad about listening to podcasts. I keep, or any um, sports, sports talk radio, generally speaking, is awful, misogynistic and awful. And so I don't listen to very much of it. But there are a lot of great football pod, the Roto World guys and Roto Viz guys do. And I'm going to leave some names out. But those two names come to mind in fantasy football. They do great work there. Of course, the ITP guys, you should check them out. Also, the Wednesday night NFL female show and my Wednesday night show with Zach Law. But uh, Rich Eisen's podcast is one of the, the very few that if I get an opportunity to listen to it, I do. And so I was listening to it, um, not yesterday, but the day Tom Brady stuff is, is going on. And we'll talk about that. I've got some some thoughts on that. We'll talk about that in our final segment. And also, I submitted a poll question to you guys. It's interesting um, that, and I'm, I really appreciate everybody responding. Bad sex stories. I, I'll start. I'll go first. Um, everybody knows I'm not afraid to overshare. So, yes, I've had sex so bad that it completely turned me off of sex. I didn't change teams and wasn't, you know, it's, if you if that's happened and and you and if you have, that's all right. I mean, uh love is love and uh I'm a big believer in, you know, love who love the ones who who love you and and all that, but um it, it's one of those things where you like this is I'm like the only person this has ever happened to. And so I posed a question on social media about if you'd ever had a, a sex experience so bad that you turned, that it turned you off. And I was kind of amazed at the number of people who responded and, and shared similar experiences. So we're going to talk about that too. And um, let you guys hear, I won't name names. I'm, I'm, here to protect your privacy we're all about privacy here so um, but it was interesting chatting with people 
about um, men and women and, and how they approached it differently. And so we'll talk about that in, in, in the final portion of this show, too. We'll only go uh, roughly about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. If I get on a roll, maybe we'll go we'll, we'll go an hour. But the plan right now is only to go about 45 minutes. And we're going to hopefully, um, if the trend continues and, um, you know, the higher powers, whoever they are out there, see fit to let me live another week. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And what we're going to try to do um, is we've been you know, saying this for, for a while now, do shorter podcasts, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Try not to go over an hour and, and touch upon everything. And we're going to, because we don't stick to sports here, we'll talk about a variety of things. And if you have a topic you want us to address, or or a guest that you want us to have on the show, hit me up, Sports by Sharona. Send me an email. If you don't want to hit me up on social media, you can send me an email, sportsbysharona at gmail.com. I always like to hear from people and, and get different perspectives and, and all of that. And by the way, um, if you are, if you can still, at this point in time, support Donald Trump, in his presidency, I want to hear from you because I literally cannot wrap my head around how there's any support left. So if if you're one of those people, and I'm, I'll try not to judge, but you know, hit me up. I really want to talk to you. I want to find out why. I want to hear from you. I want to find out why. Let's talk about it. Hit me at Sports by Sharona on Twitter or Sports by Sharona at gmail.com. Uh, so we'll take a very, very quick break. And when we come back, my chat with David Melandre, who covers um, a wide variety of sports in, in the Philadelphia area. It was a great chat with him. I always appreciate people willing to donate their time to come on the show. So um, we'll take a quick break when we come back. My chat with um, David Melandre. So stay tuned in. You are listening with Sharona. Welcome back. As promised, I'm joined now by David Melandra. He is a Philly guy, covers a variety of sports, and we're going to talk about the the draft in Philadelphia. They did such a great job this year. We've been talking about that on the various shows that I'm involved in, and unfortunately I couldn't make it this year, but fingers crossed next year. So, David, thanks for joining me, and welcome. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's your first time on the podcast. We've been talking we've been tossing this around for quite a while and finally able to sit down and do it and I'm thankful that you uh, were able to take the time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk a little bit about the the draft in Philly wow the crowds the it was everything that uh, the NFL could have wanted and then some yes it was well when the for idea came to to have this draft in Philadelphia everybody's saying okay where are they are going to have this at? Because here in Philadelphia, what's so unique about the sports complex down here in Philadelphia is that we, we're one of five cities to have all four pro-team stadiums within a block of each other. 
So everybody's thinking, okay, are they going to have it, say, down at the sports complex? It's not big (laughs) enough. Are they going to have it at the Pennsylvania Convention Center? Not big enough. What's the biggest area in Philadelphia you can have it? On the Ben Franklin Parkway. Because what's so unique about the parkway is every 4th of July, we put on the biggest free concert for the 4th of July celebration here. And we also are the hosts of the Budweiser Made in America concert series that goes on every year on Labor Day weekend. So it's one of the biggest areas to host a concert series, something like that. And it was Congressman Bob Brady who came up with the idea, went to the NFL with this, and then they said, okay, we're taking it to Philadelphia. And also Eagles great and NFL analyst Ron Jaworski was also had a big part in it. Right, I saw that. I saw that, yeah. Um, a lot of big names lent a hand and was able to um, to come to fruition. And Philadelphia, the Philly um, community really did an excellent job. The crowds were, as we mentioned before, the crowds were awesome. And it was just, uh, it was, of course, from the outside looking in. And I haven't done the draft in New York, wasn't fortunate enough to do the draft in New York, but I did it in Chicago. And Chicago did a good job, too. And was able to right, hurt. yeah. Chicago did pretty good, yeah. Especially in Philadelphia, a lot of people didn't realize the first night they drew one hundred thousand people, the largest Amazing. crowd ever. Yeah. Then the second night they drew over seventy-eight thousand people. Then yeah. the final day was another hundred thousand. So you had two hundred fifty thousand right there. Plus another thing was going on during those same three days. The pen relays were also going on at the same time. So you had uh, roughly 300,000 people in the city of Philadelphia from April 27th, 28th, and 29th. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, before we really dive into Philly sports and the draft and, and, and all of that, since it is your first opportunity to come on this podcast, tell everybody a little bit about you, uh, the sports that you cover, and how did you get into, uh, are you a lifelong sports fan? Tell us about your sports background. I'm a huge Philadelphia sports fan, born and raised here in Philadelphia, and I went to college at Newman University, which is a national PA Division three school, and my major was liberal studies, but most of my classes were all sport management related, so I had all my professors all worked in the industry. One of them I had was the day-to-day operations manager for Madison Square Garden. The other one ran the concert tour for Alicia Keys. The Another one did the one for and one mixtape basketball. Wow, that's pretty that's amazing. I, yeah, the whole series of things. And then from there, a friend of mine was looking for people to join his website to start start writing about it. And I've been doing it since then with like three or four different media outlets. And a lot of people know me from my college football and college basketball coverage here in Philadelphia. Since Philadelphia is one of the premier college basketball cities because of the unique uh, rivalries that go on every single day. Yeah, um, Philly is a great sports town, and you know I know that um, there's at least a kernel of truth there. But I think that Philly sports fans get a bit of a bad rap. Um, the ones that I've interacted with are fantastic. Yeah, because like. Uh, when people think of Philadelphia sports fans, they think of the one biggest thing that everybody always brings up, which is with the the time that we beat up Santa Claus with snowballs. That's the <laughs> oldest thing they keep bringing yeah. up. And then the second oldest would be when we threw batteries at J.D. Drew. 
Then another scenario, the turf at Veterans Stadium was bad. Then we had the penalty box incident where Maple Leafs forward enforcer Ty Domi squirted a water bottle at one of the Flyers fans, and the fan broke into the penalty box, and Ty Domi beat the living hell out of him. (laughs) And it became a national story then. Then just two years ago, when the Flyers were in the playoffs, I think it's Washington Capitals, it was actually this was the playoffs last year. The first home game after their owner, Ed Snyder, passed away, they had they gave out the bracelets. And then halfway through the third period, the Capitals were beating up the Flyers badly. The referees were just not making the calls, obvious penalties right in front of them, and they were not making them. It got to the point where we the fans started throwing bracelets on the ice, about <laughs> roughly 200 of them. And everybody's saying, oh, you're disrespecting the memory of Ed Snyder and you're throwing the Ed Snyder bracelets, but eventually turned out the bracelets they gave out, because I was at that game when it happened, they were just plain or normal bracelets that you get at a concert, and they ended up on the ice, about roughly 200 of them. And now everybody's wondering what happened to those fans that threw them on the ice. Word has it, they got their tickets revoked, because each bracelet had a tracker for where they belonged to. Wow. Um, you know, that's been kind of a big discussion in in light of recent events. What, you know, about banning, um, you know, banning uh, season ticket holders and, and what have you. And it's a bigger discussion than um, I had really thought about. And it's it, we don't have time to talk about it today, but I hope that you'll come back and maybe we can talk about some of these things. That's, it's interesting that you brought that up because it's a topic that has been it's, it's fascinating to me right now. But um, yep, no problem. Because Philadelphia, we're known for <laughs> a lot of unique situations, especially when you come to Philadelphia. There's there's a couple things that are must do. One, you must have a cheesesteak. Uh-huh. Two, you must. You must run up the art museum steps from, if you remember the the Rocky movies, the infamous right. scene where he runs up the art museum steps. Every out-of-towner must run up the art museum steps at least one time. Yeah, um, that what an iconic you know, kind of um, image that is. So you've been a, a sports fan your whole life, and you, you kind of um, – tailored your your education around it it's interesting times in in sports media in in journalism and in media in general what did you make of all the layoffs and what have you at espn some of the layoffs were very um head scratching because a couple of those reporters they got laid off i've actually made connections with over over the last couple of years just to name one of them was um, Dana O'Neill. Uh-huh. She was a former reporter here in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Daily News, and I see her every time when I cover most some of the NCAA basketball games, and she's there, which is always cool. I always have great chats with her. So that one that one hit closely with me because she was a good friend. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah, that was a surprise for me as well. Um, her. She was a surprise. Or I, I, if I started listing people, I would uh, inevitably leave someone out. But and I'm going to be talking about that uh, in other segments. On this podcast is going to air on Friday morning. We're recording this on Thursday evening. So um, her name was a surprise. It's it's interesting that um, some 
some of the names that are kind of associated, you know, a little bit with ESPN and uh, what ESPN did so well. And the the name that comes to my mind and the one that hit home for me the most was Jane McManus, who, as far as I'm concerned, was ESPNW, um, you know, instrumental in, in creating that. And so it, it's head-scratching to me as well. So the big draft, it was, um, as we talked previously, it was a big extravaganza, all kinds of, you know, the crowd was huge and all kinds of activities, and it it looked like um, it was overwhelmingly uh, a huge success, and you were kind enough to share some information with me that Philadelphia had the option in their contract that they could um, renew this, and so it was going to be held again in Philly? Ron Jaworski, who was the big, who had a big part in bringing the draft to Philadelphia, told me that in the contract they signed to bring it here in 2017, that Philadelphia has the option to bring it back in 2018. So he said him, the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell, and the mayor of Philadelphia Jim Kenny have been talking about about bringing it back. So it's not officially done yet, but it looks like they are close to getting it finished. Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, um it was very well done, and I'd be anxious, and I'm sure that it will, but I'd be curious because in Chicago, when I was in Chicago, the first year it was there, the crowds were much larger. Uh, now, there were other events going on, you know, like there were in Philly, that kind of contributed to that, not nearly as well attended for journalists, it was a lot easier. You could get around a little bit better and 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 faster and and easier and all of that. But the the crowds definitely diminished that second year. So I'm curious to see what happens with Philly. How did you feel about? Uh, I know that you cover the Eagles. How did you feel about the Eagles draft? They need. There were a lot of needs they had to cover, and they hit majority of them. They needed help in the secondary and they got a guy in Sidney Jones yeah. who is a uh, is a risk versus reward type mm-hmm. player because he mm-hmm. apparently he tore he got his Achilles tendon injured during his pro day so, and then everybody's saying okay this is another project where he's going to sit out another year and not play and everything we've gone through that here in Philadelphia with the 76ers with the likes of Nerlens Noel, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid all of injuries and they come back the following season just tearing things up. So, and plus we have, there's a saying in Philadelphia that goes, when you think of the Sixers, it's called trust the worldwide. You may have seen it during national TV games. When they were here in Philly, the crowds would be going to the loudest trust the process. And it's been a thing we've been saying for the last four years here in Philadelphia with the Sixers. Now they're finally ready to break through next year with Ben Simmons finally healthy, Joel Embiid healthy, and it's just going to be a sight to see next year. And now back and then with the Eagles, Howie Roseman was on 94 WIP this morning saying that he's taking a page from the Sixers medical staff of how to handle an injured player like Sidney Jones who with his Achilles injury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is sad to see. Um, that's another topic that's kind of been – big here lately with, you know, some guys not doing the bowl games and, and what have you. And, um, you know, the injury that he suffered that was um, it could could easily have been tragic. And fortunately, he he did get dragged. I think he went to a great place. I'm a big Jim Schwartz fan, and I think that, um, 
you know, he's a good guy to help you know, bring him along. Uh, the Eagles also drafted a local kid, a, a, kind of a local favorite, and Derek Barnett. So, of course, I have to give you high marks for that. Yeah, Derek Barnett, the, the connection Derek Barnett to Philadelphia is that uh, – he, at Tennessee, he broke Reggie White's sack right. record, and mm-hmm. Reggie White played most of his career here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it was funny. He was asked about that, you know, um, when after he got drafted, and he said, of course I know about Reggie White. I played at Tennessee. <laughs> so um, he's a smart young man and, um, you know, from all appearances, a good citizen. And so I, I think that, um, you know, the the – I suppose knock if you want to use that word is you know the the uh testing wasn't the the best in the world but the college production is you you can't overlook simply how productive he was in college against some of the best players in in the country That is true like some people like the wonderlick test they do at the combine some of these guys don't draft well and they actually take the test well, and they fall in the draft. So, mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, like best example, last year, you had the college play, college football defensive player of the year, Tyler Medikevich from Temple University, who's projected to go within the top two rounds. He went in the seventh round because mm-hmm. some are thinking was it from the the Wonderlic testing they did. He probably didn't do well, and also like it's it's a real complicated process. But back to the NFL draft in Philadelphia. The one of the feel good stories from the draft was local products from Temple. Like two Temple players got drafted. Actually, it was like a couple players from Temple got drafted. Yeah. First off, Hassan Reddick went to the Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals, mm-hmm. who their head coach is a former Temple Owls coach in Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Great connection there. Then you had a Villanova player who was who was the first Villanova defensive player drafted since Howie Long, and he's going to a good situation in Kansas City. And then the Buffalo Bills landed a player in Deion Dawkins. So those are the three big names that were projected to go be drafted early in the draft, and they went exactly where they went. Yeah, I thought that Philly had one of the best drafts in the division. I was not a fan at all of what the the New York Giants did. I thought the Washington Redskins had a, a nice draft, and of course, now that Jerry Jones isn't meddling as much, the Cowboys are are doing much better. And, and they didn't. Speaking of the Cowboys, yeah. this is where it gets. There. Everybody is trying to figure out what is the hatred for the city of Philadelphia for the Dallas Cowboys. It's just long history of hatred that we have for the Dallas Cowboys. If you look at a long scheme of things, the Eagles players hate the New York Giants. The Eagles fans hate the Cowboys. Then the second night of the draft was the absolute tipping point. When Drew Pearson, Cowboys great wide receiver, came out (laughs) to announce the Cowboys pick, he absolutely provoked the Eagles fan base to the point where he went on to say, I played for the greatest owner in the world, Jerry Jones. I had a great career playing against you guys and beating you every time. It just got so bad. It was very hostile down there. Mm-hmm. And then you had Giants great Harry Carson come on do the same thing. Then the Redskins player, I forget who it was, he came out and pulled the same shenanigans, and it was just getting out of control. And you know what, to be honest, I actually felt scared for my livelihood down there because how how nasty it got down there. When I, but it was yeah. getting more nasty. You know, I will say I grew up, I grew up in Texas, and I was a Cowboys fan for a long, long time. And, um, and I know... It's probably not a popular opinion, but um, I 
I greatly disliked what Drew Pearson did, and um, I, I, I greatly dislike the sensationalism that we seem to be um, devolving into in terms of you know, the in, in terms of media, and it's like tabloid media and just tabloid stuff. So anyway, um, I, I know that. A lot of people enjoyed what, and it was interesting. I think Drew Pearson came out and said that Roger Goodell encouraged him to do that. Well, speaking about Goodell, the last time there was a draft in Philadelphia, it was the 2014 NHL draft, and NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman got absolutely destroyed when he first walked on the stage and said, Welcome to the city of brotherly love, saying, I can't hear you, Philadelphia. Then the moment Roger Goodell walked on the stage the mm-hmm. first night, he got the even worse than Gary Bettman got. If you look at the two drafts, the the first night they both walked on the stage, Roger Goodell got it worse than Gary Bettman. Yeah, um, it's watching the the commissioners of these sports leagues, and uh, yeah, the NBA seems to have the best mix of management and you know, personalities and and their whole approach to things. I don't know how you feel about that. If you had to rank um, commissioners in, in, in these sports leagues, how would you rank them? Me personally, I would go Adam Silver 1, mm-hmm. Gary Bettman 2, Roger Goodell 3, um, Don Garber, the commissioner of MLS 4, and then... Uh, Rob Manford, the commissioner of baseball, five. Why are you so down on uh, baseball? He hasn't shown me much yet. He hasn't taken full presence or just, like, taking full control of, like, situations. Like, example, Adam Silver, the NBA, just came out saying that if you're going to bench your star player for a national TV game, you have to let the league know. Instead of these teams intentionally benching their star players and destroying the the national TV audience that wants to see these players mm-hmm. and ruining the fans from seeing these players. And he's taking, a, he's taking his approach really hard on that. Interesting, interesting. So um, going back to the division and, and how you how did you feel about the, the individual drafts and how would you rank um, how each team drafted in the division? Well, obviously Philadelphia will be one. Redskins will be two. Giants will be three. Dallas, dead last. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, because here in Philadelphia, we really don't care about the Giants, the Redskins, or the Cowboys. Those are the I three teams you. we despise the most. And now we still despise the New England Patriots because of what they <laughs> did in Super Bowl Thirty Nine. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, I would say, and I understand the um, the – I want to say hatred, but maybe it is hatred. I understand the dislike for the the other teams. Um, it's interesting. Well, I'm saying that if you want to see firsthand, you just definitely come to town for one of these games, and you'll see why. That when it's Dallas week here in Philadelphia, the city is more more. Uh, what's the best way I can say this? Uh, more intense and just physical, just ready to snap on anybody that's a Dallas Cowboys fan. Let me ask you this. Um, as I was preparing for our, and 
we're going to have to wrap things up. I want to talk some hockey real quick. As I was preparing, it, I, I noticed the split in the Eagles' um, win-loss record. And why were they so such a poor road team last year? It was just a lot of things didn't work well for them last year. It, it, it all went downhill after Lane Johnson went got suspended for yeah. 10 games, and you needed somebody to protect Carson Wentz's blind side. And they tried it with a couple of players. Haloti, basically we, we call him Big V. He was a rookie we drafted last year. And the Redskins' Ryan Kerrigan exposed him so badly the first game he started. Then we put like some other guys back there, and we just could not find the answer for Carson Wentz's blindside on the offensive line. Then when Lane Johnson came back, we beat the Giants, and we beat the Cowboys. And speaking of the Cowboys, they have not won since we beat them last year. That's so funny. And then on top of that, and basically Carson Wentz did something that Dak Prescott could not do, which was beat. The New York Giants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, very, very, very interesting. Their the Giants quarterback selection was was quite fascinating to me. We'll see how how that turns out. Um I, I like the Eagles. I'm 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 a fan of um not just Jim Schwartz, but um I, I, I like the vibe and, and again I think, you know, they Philly fans get bit of a bad rap. Um, do you think it looks like he's the answer? Do you think Carson Wentz is the franchise quarterback for their future? He's, I'm telling you, he's the, he's the future, especially you're, you're, the head coach we had, Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. was the guy who got replaced for Donovan McNabb. So <laughs> he knows the transition of how things went through the first time around when Andy Reid came in as head coach back in 1999, and he drafted his franchise quarterback to be Donovan McNabb. He started him later in that season, and then everything else took off. But we can also say thank you to the Minnesota Vikings for that sure. first-round pick. Yes, Because absolutely. if it wasn't for Teddy Bridgewater going down with a knee injury, the Eagles did not have a first-round pick in this year's draft. I'm just so heartsick about Teddy Bridgewater and all the the news that we're hearing, and I very much suspect that he's never going to play again. And it just it's it's heartbreaking to me so young but i'm i'm sure that he'll be fine but yeah it's very interesting what are the expectations for the eagles uh, this coming season they went not, uh, 7 and 9 last year what what do you think are the, the expectations are for this year i see going 9 and 7 this year okay and possibly cracking in the wild card spot okay very good very good who's going to challenge them for the division well, the Cowboys. Well, a lot of people don't notice the last several years, the uh, the team that has won the NFC East has not repeated the following year. So there has been a different winner of the NFC East the last seven years. The last team to repeat back to back years winning the NFC East was the Philadelphia Eagles that did it in two thousand two, and two thousand three, and two thousand four. Now that happened in the NFC South, and finally the Panthers were able to do it. One year. None of the teams were very good, but uh, very, very, very interesting stuff. Are you keeping? Are you a pins guy? Do you follow the pins closely? Well, put it this way: the Penguins are are are, are worse hated here in Philadelphia than the Dallas Cowboys oh, when it comes to different sports. Here, <laughs> we hate the Penguins and the Cowboys a lot, including the New York Mets. We hate them a lot more too. Okay. <laughs> 
So you, you, you can tell the know. side of the state of Pennsylvania, Jimmy, we are up. pro. We don't give a crap about the other city. <laughs> but the western side of the state of Pennsylvania, we have a lot of issues with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Trust me. Okay. You, like I said, you should definitely come to town so, for so a Flyers-Penguins game. So you're a big Preds fan now, eh? Oh, Predators? Oh, yes. Yes, because <laughs> of the, the head coach of the Predators used to coach the Philadelphia That's Flyers and Peter cool. Laviolette. So I'm all for Nashville. Yeah. And um, PK Subin's kind of a a great guy too, and it's I'm so proud of them. It's it's been a great season, um, man. It's it's amazing to watch, and of course Nashville is pretty proud. And there's nothing like playoff hockey. It's it's it seriously it is the best. Well, you should definitely if the Flyers make the playoffs next year, you should definitely see <laughs> how crazy it is up here for playoff hockey. I will do that. Um, what's your favorite sport? Do you have a favorite? I go college basketball because of the rich history we have here in Philadelphia since okay. it was just announced today that the Ivy League basketball tournament, which started up this year, was held at the Palestra, which is at, on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania. The Ivy League announced they will have the Ivy League tournament return to the Palestra in 2018. Oh, that's pretty neat. And what's so unique about the Palestra is it's known as the Cathedral College Basketball. It is It holds 8,000 seats, and it's real old-school type of basketball gym. When you first walk in, it is just loaded with history all around the entire concourse. And you first walk in, it the if you get like a typical Big Five game, basically we have a thing in Philadelphia called the Big Five. It's like five city schools going at it. Then there's another school that gets left out called Drexel. So now we have to call it the City Six. So because of that, each of these teams have a series of round-robin games to see who would be crowned the city champion for that year. And most of the games are played at the Palestra. You display right down the middle, one half of the side, say, for Temple. The other half of the side for St. Joe's. It's one of the more intense atmospheres you ever see for a college basketball game in Philadelphia. Yeah, I love college basketball as well, and um, you're right. College sports, the tradition there, the the rich tradition there, is really what makes it great. And um, exactly, the, the especially since Philadelphia is going to be hosting the Army Navy game. David, are you still with me? Yeah. So the Army Navy game returns to Philadelphia this year. Excellent, excellent. It was such a pleasure to have you on today. I'm sorry that um, we didn't get a chance to cover um, everything. There's so much to talk about. But tell everybody where they can find you, find your work, and um, promote yourself. This is your opportunity to promote yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at David underscore Melandra. As, you, as you'll be seeing me on there, I'll be posting everything from a Philadelphia perspective, what it's like being a sports fan and also a reporter here in Philly covering all the different unique sporting events and just giving the pulse of what it's like to be a sports fan in Philly and being around these college athletes year-round. All right. Thanks again for joining me. Have a great day. No problem. All right, great stuff from David. It was a pleasure to chat with him, and I apologize 
<clears throat> for the delay and 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 getting to air that chat. It was um, great, great stuff, and I hope that he'll come back on and we'll have a chance to catch up and and um, you know maybe have some more good stuff to say about Nashville and the Preds and all of that. So, um, all right. So I really appreciate everyone touching base with me and sharing their bad sex stories. It's, um, it's interesting how, and it's, you know, not an incredibly large, it's just a lot larger than I actually anticipated, but it's not an incredibly large sample size, but it's, it's, it's interesting. So we're going to talk about um, bad sex stories, and um, then we'll come back and and wrap things up with Tom Brady and and my thoughts for Rich Eisen. So um, we'll take another quick break. And then when we come back, your bad sex stories, and I'll share mine first. So stay tuned in. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right. So, um, again, shout out to everyone who who weighed in on the very informal poll question. It's interesting that, um, you know, bad sex is a thing. You got to take pride in your work, people. And, um, you know, if you're not taking pride in in that, what what good are you? So, yes, um, I have had sex so bad that I was like, you know, I just took my ball and went home. And and it's interesting from, you know, chatting with people about this. I think it's easier for women in, in a way. Someone made a great point that men are kind of hunter, you know, the hunter gatherer kind of um, mentality background. And I do wonder how much of this is socialized or genetic or or what have you a topic to explore maybe for another day but just from my very informal um, discussions with people it does seem like women were far more willing to say fuck this I'm out than than men who um, were more dedicated to trying to fix it maybe I don't know but I think it's easy listen I'm a grown-ass woman I have electricity and a vibrator, so I'm good. And um, the women that I talked to, by and large, were were the same. You know, we have alternate ways of of dealing with this situation. Where I guess for men, maybe it's not. You know, I mean, they do too, but they don't have, as far as I know. Maybe you can inform me here. The fancy toys that that we have, and so you know, it's easier for us. And listen, if I'm, we're talking a long drought here. Um, I, I'm not going to say publicly because you'll feel sorry for me. But an incredibly long. I'm just like you know. Listen, I'm just not gonna. I've, find as I'm getting older I have less patience for things and I'm just not going to put up with bullshit you know I'm just not going to do it um you know I I can take care of my own needs but you know I might have to come out of retirement I was chatting with one of my 
uh, guy pals, and I said, you know, I might have to go out of retirement and you know see see what's out there. I don't know. Um, but if you have any stories that you want, it's it's interesting because uh, I, I do think that um, you know. You know, maybe for men, it's like, oh, we found a woman you know, willing to have sex with us. Let's go with this kind of thing. I don't know. Um, and listen, if you're a guy and you want to talk about this, if you want to share your thoughts or your opinion on on maybe why men are more willing to stick it out than women, call in. Our guest call in number, 646-200-4149. Would love to hear from you. Uh, on, on this topic, but I do think that you know, for women, it's it's easier because you know, and and we ain't got to put up with your crap. We can just you know plug in the electronic device and or you know batteries if if you're using a battery operated um, Marvel. That's you know you can do that too, and you know take care of business, and it's you know. It, it's always on time and never, you know, it's never messy or you don't have to get into a lot of the other, you know, crap that, that you might have to get into. You know, it just, it, it, it works. So, um, but, you know, I would love to hear from you. If you want to go, we won't share your name if you want to, you know, remain anonymous or women too, if you want to call in and talk about it. I want to hear your stories. I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one out here suffering from you know, a bad sex experience that, that turned me off so bad that I was like, I'm good. You know, I can take care of my own needs. But amazingly, I'm not the only one. So that's that's good information to have. Very, um, very interesting stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's a good topic. Maybe we'll talk about it some more. I don't know. But um, I do appreciate, again, everybody who touched base, who was willing to, men and women, both, who were willing to share their their stories with me. Um, and, you know, it's the the more fascinating part about it is what, to, to me, was you know, what people found, you know, bad about it. And um, so I uh, would love to hear more stories if, if you're willing to share so um, as I was talking earlier on in in the podcast, I, if I get an opportunity, I listen to the Rich Eisen show, and uh, I was listening to it. This is Friday, I guess Wednesday, and uh, it is Friday, right? And he was talking about the Tom Brady thing, and I had not um, listened. I didn't know what Giselle had said, um, and um, so I caught the podcast and, and heard what Rich Eisen had to say about it. And then um, I kept intending to catch it. So this morning I caught that final, that little clip. I didn't listen to the, or watch the whole thing, but I wanted to see what she had to say about Tom Brady and concussions and all of that. Because as I was listening to Rich Eisen, I had like so many thoughts. So we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about so um so stay tuned in. You are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona.
All right. So um, Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, went on, who is a force in her own right and um, an incredibly successful supermodel who has um, you know, become her own brand and is clearly a, a very smart um businesswoman, business person, and, um, you know, from all appearances, a good wife and mother and, and, and all of that. Um, the job that women do who are mothers and, um, and business people, professionals, workers, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredibly hard job to to wear so many hats and um you know I have so much respect for for her and for what she's able to accomplish in her life and her career. So I'm listening to Rich Eisen's podcast and he's talking about this and I really like Rich Eisen by the way. I think he's he cast his show. I bitterly, bitterly resent him for making me listen to FS um to Fox Sports, the show that has um Clay Travis on it. But um, for Rich Eisen, I will bear that burden. And so I'm listening to it, and a, a couple of things sort of troubled me. First first of all, um, and I know that Rich Eisen was trying to possibly help Tom Brady and Giselle with um, with this situation because she did come out and say he had concussions and had a concussion last year, and, of course, it's not been reported is anyone shocked now? And I know the Patriots get a bad rap because they do play games with, with injury reports and what have you. All teams do. I'll never forget the Titans. And Chris, you know, Chris Johnson came out and said something about he had an, 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 an he had a knee injury or was an ankle, some sort of lower extremity injury that it had never been reported. And he said that he had played on it. And then it, barely created I kept saying why isn't this a big deal you know barely created a stir um obviously this creates a stir because it's Tom Brady and the Patriots and and all of that the first thing that bothered me is that um he he did point out that she very inartfully used the 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 term aggression a couple of times um which, and I understand the point that he was trying to make, but listen, she's a very, very smart woman. And I think that we know what she was trying to say. Um, and, and I don't find, I, I find it hard to have any outrage over this um, because of my the second point that I want to make. And that is that, um you know, the discussion revolved around we have to have a culture change. Fans have to have a culture change. And certainly there's far more awareness about concussions and head injuries, injuries in general in the National Football League. But the problem is that that's not the problem. The problem isn't fan um, reaction. The problem isn't fan um, what fans think or believe or care about in terms of concussions and head injuries. The problem is that these guys want to keep their jobs, and it is really no more simple than that. Uh, and nobody knows that better than Tom Brady. It's pretty interesting that 
Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady knows better than anybody how you can lose your job because he took his job, got his job, you know, from Drew Bledsoe, who was having a, a great season. And it's very reminiscent to me when we're talking about I can cannot help but when we talk about this issue, remember Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Alex Smith, with his concussion, who missed you know, a game, um, Colin Kaepernick came in and played well, and you know that's how Colin Kaepernick got his job. And I, hey, I see Ryan Fitzpatrick got um, got a job today, but Colin Kaepernick is still, um, you know, lonely bridesmaid out there waiting for that call. And and I, I'm reminded that Colin Kaepernick took over for Alex Smith and took the San Francisco 49ers, to the playoffs two years in a row. A playoff caliber quarterback, and he can't get a job now. Um, We're going to have to talk about that on another podcast because I'm offended by it. Uh, I'm extremely offended by it. But back to Tom Brady, you know, it's interesting because – Certainly, Tom Brady knows what um, missing a game or two can. Of course, he's Tom Brady, and he did miss games, you know, last season because of Deflate Gate. But um, you know, guys don't want to lose their jobs. Of course, they're not going to talk about injuries or concussions or, or what have you. Um, in the hot commodity, this whole off season, um, the the latest. Uh, hot girl in town is Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo, who um, was the subject of numerous trade rumors and buzz and and all of that. So he's the hot commodity in terms of backup quarterbacks right now. And we're going to come to a point where that's going to be a discussion. You know, old man time is undefeated. And we saw this a few years ago when Tom Brady was having um, a relative for him, you know, for him and the Patriots, a relatively bad season. And there was all that discussion about this mysterious thumb injury that was impact and his receivers weren't that good. And Certainly that contributed to it, but there was this mysterious – and by the way, this was the year before Deflategate. Let's not forget that either. But this mysterious thumb issue, and, and there were discussions then, and you saw people talking about a trade and a possible trade and all that. The time is going to come, you know, and Tom Brady knows that. He's getting older. He's knocking at at 40 years old and um, – you know, guys don't want to lose their jobs. It's it's really not any more complicated than that. So, of course, they're not going to report these things. They want to stay on the field. They want to keep their job. And um, that's the, really the bottom line. I don't know if there's a solution to issue, but I don't think that uh, fan opinion is going to matter. What matters is what coaches and front offices do. And until – that changes, and I don't have any hope that that's ever going to change. So in, uh, until that changes, you're not going to see a change. So, um, so yeah, you know, that's that's the bottom line. It's it's not going to get any better because you're just, you know, 
a missed game away from from losing your job. And um, that's that's the reality of the situation. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. We didn't quite go an hour. I didn't get too much on a on a tangent today. Maybe gather some some energy and and go on one next week. Shout out again to David Melandra who joined me to talk about Philly, Philly sports, and to everyone again who weighed in. We're gonna maybe start doing a a weekly question like that because I enjoy the interaction. And again, if you ever want to call in. And weigh in on anything, 646-200-4149. If you want to be a guest on the show, hit me up, Sports by Sharona on Twitter, Sports by Sharona at gmail.com via email. Um, again, you know, with the higher powers that be, see fit. We'll be back next week with another great podcast. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. I'm very excited. This weekend is it. You guys know that I'm a big, big, big fan of the Netflix show since a season two is out. I've been deliberately holding off, building up that anticipation. I'm going to watch it this weekend. So we'll talk about that next week, get my reaction to that. Hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and we'll be back next week. So stay tuned in. You've been listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. <laughs>